uh, all the tea is in the comments and uh, and some of them replied back saying oh you know effectively why are you laughing at somebody losing money and you know, kind of explain it to us well you shouldn't have been so dumb right <laughs> yeah he says don't know why you have to add the also lol at the end there shouldn't glorify vulnerable people being scammed there's go nft bros losing money is funnier than any of our comics <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely laughed out loud when I read that first time. It was brilliant. We are back. This is pod number 57 of your favourite show, the world's most bullish podcast, The Four Bs. And we have a full house as always. Well, not been so recently, right? So he is back, Mr. All In, aka the Trillion Dollar Man, drinking whiskey standard. And we've got the People's Champ. That's right, Dr. Evil 10% and myself. So never look, aka the excellence of execution. And she's here, but she's never here. <laughs> this is no show. Still nowhere to be seen. And absent even from our uh, uh, signal group, just just MIA. I know she is still alive. I've seen her on video. Yeah. So, got got yeah. pepper sprayed and beaten by the French police at the European Cup final, but <laughs> she did. She did. Yes. Yeah. Um, still alive. Poodle. She's still alive. <laughs> Yeah. Was she wearing, um, well, sorry, not was she wearing, was she holding a Starbucks coffee at the time? Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think she's the one in the background getting pepper sprayed and beaten, but holding it up. <laughs> I'm not going to spill this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the chai latte. <laughs> I'm not going to spill this. Tip it in one hand, chai latte in the other, like getting yeah. beaten by fucking French police. So yeah. just um, one question for Mr. Orlin. How was the OnlyFans sale? <laughs> <laughs> What's this referencing? I missed it. <laughs> it took you two weeks to go through those sign-ups. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> nah. I've, um, yeah, one week I had COVID. That was a bit embarrassing. And then uh, Was it COVID? Yeah, it actually was, yeah. Oh, wow. Wow, revelation. We didn't know it was COVID. We just thought he'd uh, contracted herpes again. But no, he, he back. Uh, yeah, I felt a little bit like under the weather and I was like, oh, I just thought, like, I don't, I don't know. And then um, the missus got it as well and obviously she's pregnant. She had a, she had, um, oh. um, a test in the house, so we just did it and then it, it came up positive. And we're like, oh, oh well, that's a bit sad. Two days later, we were both fine. But um, and then yeah, last week was um, my sister's wedding. So yeah. did you make it rain? It rained. It was cool. like champagne and the <laughs> and the dollar gun, but with um, twenty pound notes in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I made sure I told him about the wedding present after the wedding, so the free bar didn't get too crazy because uh, could have all gone up in smoke. Yeah. So I'm, so the wedding present. Am I right in assuming that it was um, Bitcoin related? Mm. Yeah, of course. And just to tell the viewers, when did you plan this wedding present? Uh, it's back in like 2016. There we go. Amazing. 
<laughs> Amazing. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, for anyone who doesn't realise, Mr. Olin doesn't do presents to his family. He does sats. <laughs> and and if you if any of them want to come on the podcast and argue and like disagree that they don't like it, you won't find one. Like, they're very very happy with their like because <laughs> I tend to buy them their presents five six years ago and then so and, it's matured, just... and it's like Here, here's that thing I've been holding on to you for you for six years They're like oh shit <laughs> so yeah. back in 2016 were you giving out birthday and Christmas presents in sats and bitcoin uh, not not back then no I think I think He's I started that shopping at year later. I think 2017 I started that oh it's only 2017 <laughs> yeah <sighs> and unfortunately because no one knows how to hold it I held it for them so they don't know how to sell. So I so they're kind of forced hodlers. And then yeah, a couple of them have come to me now and gone, how much are you holding for me now? Like, what shouldn't I do be doing something about that? It's like, <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is like on my um eternal to-do list that we're gonna sort out that security podcast and then you can tell them to listen to that so we can secure their own Bitcoin. Yeah. But I need to plan quite a tight agenda for that one so we can run through it. Yeah. Well, for, for your family members, this... there's nothing better than just grabbing a hardware wallet, go grab me a laptop and talking them through it. There's nothing, yeah. there's nothing better than that. Yeah, yeah I think it's exactly just the print. What I was just about to say this Christmas, kids, you're getting more ledgers. <laughs> <laughs> but they've already got wallets, I know, but you can never have too many wallets. And this time I've got it, you in your new colours as well. So yeah, keep them entertained. But they're yeah, funny so- then because I've bought like so many ledgers and just given them so many out. None of them. And then over the years, slowly but surely, people go to buy one and they're like, they're so expensive. They're like £100. I'm like, yeah. yeah. And that, it's like, you've been a Bitcoiner for about four years now. How do you not know how much a ledger was? Like, you bought me like three. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, because <that's, laughs> I'm a fucking nice guy. <laughs> so when I got your Bitcoin, I also enabled you to secure it. They're like, yeah. oh, I thought it's like they were like a tenner because you gave me three of them. It's like, no, they weren't. They were that was an expensive part of the gift. I just didn't well, publicize that bit. Yeah. We talked, we talked about the principles, and it's um like well, the amount which Bitcoin's worth, it's securing it across ledgers and multiple ledgers, depending on how much you've got but it's also, you know, what it's going to be worth as well. So it's making sure your security is up to standard and it will be up to standard as well. It's not just um, having it on your desktop in a folder more Bitcoin, <laughs> lol. <laughs> or even worse, on an exchange, which is where most people's Bitcoin is, as we know. Yeah, unless it's the free lessons where you've just swapped polka dot for uh, Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, having £2.78 on Coinbase. Yeah. You're not going to cry if that gets stolen from you and Coinbase frees your account, but yeah. you got 20 grand in there. So I'm now having a panic, but I'm pretty sure I moved mine because I left my DC- <laughs> I'd moved my DCA. I'd left my DCA on there for a while. It all built up over time, you know, even though it's not loads and loads of. Oh yeah, here we go. I've got five pounds seventy four in um, Coinbase, so I have moved it or someone stolen it. no you've got your addresses whitelisted right so you can only send out to like a couple of addresses so yeah it's on pro so i think you've got to do it yeah is it actually mandated now yeah yeah i'm pretty sure it is so yeah i've done that bitcoin stolen now isn't it 
because <clears throat> I, think, I think it takes like, was it 14 days, something to get another address whitelisted? So someone has to hack you, add a whitelisted account, wait 14 days. You've obviously had text messages and emails telling you another address has been added. You would know mm. you hadn't added it, could go in and go, fuck off. You've got two weeks well, I, to figure that out. I, I've had them um, because... I, I tend to do my DCA when we're on the pod because I always forget because it just transfers to the account and it's not automatic. And I just haven't done it the last two weeks, so I've got three weeks DCA, which I've just purchased some SATs. And 3X. Yeah, so um, I now have more than just... Um, the price got up, up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to move the price. It's probably been a good thing that you've been away, Mr. Rowland, as well, because that clock would have been painful to look at for the hour and a half, two hours. Oh, painful for the week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, having seen it where a different, you know, nearly in the 50s, I think. Normally in 50s, late 40s. I don't want to get a clock at the moment because otherwise I get my wife questioning me about it all the time. So I need us to go for another cycle. Um, so maybe in four years' time, I'll get a Bitcoin clock, but maybe I'll want to hide it more by that point. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Why should be like, oh, but we could do this with the house, or we could do this, <laughs> or we could buy a new house. I'm like, no, we are not moving <laughs> ever. <laughs> we'll wait until that says infinity. Yeah, you need yeah. an updated and upgraded but, clock because the figures will be needed to be uh, a lot larger as well. You need more zeros on the end. Yeah, I was going to say, Ben, Ben, I may consider to move. Um, but certainly not before then. Do we want to start kick off with the first story? So I think we are going that way anyway. So apparently we need to be more toxic, according to this um, Twitter user. Ooh, who could this be? Who could it be? <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> so do you want to talk us through this, Mr. Orlin? Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah. So this is yeah. So it's my it's my reply to Nick Carter. So Nick Carter is quite a big Bitcoiner, but the thing is, he's not really. He gets a lot of kind of free passes but he does shitcoin a lot and this tweet he, he says here kind of exposes he, he is also a shitcoiner so the tweet is terror gave the mainstream media 10 years worth of fantastic ammo to beat us up with the dollar stable promise retail losses fintechs putting client assets in vcs dumping the top and thumping their chests it is what it is historical l and yes we deserve it totally failed to self-police so that's his tweet but then my reply is just, so what you're saying is people should have been more toxic to stop these foolhardy, scammy projects deemed for failure. Weird that. I know a few Bitcoiners who were doing that and who were told to be nicer. Look how that ended up. And that's, it's kind of like the two tweets kind of say it all, right? It's like he's seemingly going, oh, we kind of messed up. We should have policed ourselves better. The toxic Bitcoin maximalists have been policing the fucking whole crypto space <laughs> since 2009 when Bitcoin got launched and the first shitcoin comes spawning out of the mother arsehole that is Ethereum or Litecoin probably is the one. I think it was XRP because I looked into this for work. and I think, I think Litecoin was, was the first. Okay. Mm. I, so I put XRP in. I think that was a lot earlier than I actually realised and then it went yeah. to um, Ethereum. But kind of like thinking about this, so putting it into financial world, it's kind of like... It's almost like comparing, I don't know, stocks and shares. So like your Facebook, Microsoft versus, um, you have to excuse whatever the name is. Is it a derivative for the housing market back in 2008, which was stacked full of, well, dodgy mortgages? 
you know, that's uh, how it feels to me. Like you've got something yeah. which actually undermines a company's value versus these, you know, like what is it, grade D and E level yeah. mortgages. This is what it feels like. You know, you're comparing something which is the value of a functioning company versus something which is, well, utter shit, and no one would buy it in their right conscious mind. Yeah. Kind of, kind of, I think it, to be honest, I think it's even worse than that because uh, that was bad debt. Yeah. So that's different grades of debt. And they were wrapping up B, C, D type debt and pretending it was AAA. And it clearly wasn't. And that's why the whole housing market fell and um, just imploded. But like shit coins, like Bitcoin maximalists, like we go around telling people why these shit coins will fail. And it's for a multitude of reasons. But fundamentally, it comes down to two. And it'll be it, one, it'll be incompetence because the code will just break and it won't fundamentally deliver on what it's meant to do and they'll get hacked. Or number two will be corruption and the founders will exit scam. It will be one of the two and it's just play it over a long enough time frame, and we'll be right. One of those two things will happen, incompetence or corruption. And because they're centralized, none of them are decentralized. They all centralized. And when we look at Terra slash Luna, which is this one, which everyone's talking about, which one was this? Or it looks like it was incompetence. Like the guy didn't <laughs> purposefully exit scam from the looks of it, although there are some very suspicious big cells. It looks like someone just found a, a, a hack in it and they exploited and took 30 billion out the back door. This is what we say every, every single shitcoin and every single shitcoin pretty much over the last pretty much 10 years, one of those two things has happened. A hack yeah. or... Um, like a rug pull from the founders. And we have been screaming this from the rooftops. And when someone is prominent, as Nick Carter goes, oh, we need to be better at self-policing. Every Bitcoiner just like wants to hit their head against the wall and go, for fuck's sake, how much do we need to scream scam from the top of our voice that you're going to lose all your money? And now you're going, oh, we should have said it clearer. Like, dude, like, no, don't, don't push accountability onto us. Like, we were very clear saying that these shit coins are going to go to zero it's, but, it, it's bullshit. but it's thinking about the shit coins it's you know it's what's the principle behind them you know like some of them i can't remember which one it is it's like oh it does smart contracts is smart contracts really something which is actually going to hold val value or is it just a piece of technology which could be used on top of some you know sound money and that's what yeah. I kind of look at. What is the principle behind this cryptocurrency? Because it should be so much using as a medium of exchange. So what do you want in a medium exchange? You want it to be non-inflationary. You want it to be decentralized. You want it to be secure. Um, you know, most probably three. Most can't even hit those, can they? They're not decentralized. Well, it just falls, straight, falls down straight away when it's uh, not decentralized. And there's an owner and there's somebody to be able to point back to because they can either be coerced or greed kicks in. Uh, and ultimately, you know, that is where it's always going to fail, no matter what um, the technology is behind it. Um, you were talking about earlier on uh, the, the crash before it was mortgage-backed securities in the subprime um, housing market. I know I've read about and, it a lot lately. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, that that was definitely a crash. But one, one of the things that I want to uh, think about, and we were just talking about prior to uh, to going live, is, you know, why isn't anyone questioning where that 30 billion has now gone to? Everyone's just kind of walked away, obviously licking their wounds. Uh, but no one's actually really saying, hold on here. 
I had that money, and that money is, you know, was given from me to that company. I think and... Mr. Orlean gave quite a good answer to that one. It's because the people who are scammed out of it are basement dwelling plebs covered in pizza and jizz. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one cares when they lose money. Yeah, yeah. But, but no, no it's, cares, it's even but worse than that. Like, not only is there not accountability, he's already launched Luna Two. Yeah, and that's down eighty percent again. <laughs> it's like that. Um, is it goofy or smart? Like goofy meme? I'll I'll fucking do it again. Yeah, <laughs> I'll fucking do it again. But you know, most of these shit coins, like I see it, is almost like something which you put on top of some money. So it's like um, I don't know if you call it layer two. It's a dip. It's mm. like a layer surrounding Bitcoin. It's it's nowhere near the main chain. It's the casino. But it's something. Yeah. It's something which you yeah. put up here which then, you know, locks the Bitcoin on a big transaction. So it's a smart contract. It's not a separate coin. It's just, mm. I just don't get why people buy these things, apart from as because pure it's speculation. So it, yeah, it, we're really, really gullible. Um, there's a, a series on Netflix where, you know, there's a bunch of things which they go through, like people falling in love and so forth. But the art of the scam has been one of the things that has been in history since the beginning of time. And no matter how simple it is to see, we fall for it every time. So you, you're telling me that that Nigerian gentleman who was telling me that I'd won the Spanish lottery was not telling the truth? Yes, uh, Prince Nabutu is not real, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how many times he emails you, he's not real. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is like i get like literally 30 emails a day i'm about to change my phone number because i get three phone calls a day as well from scammers so the, the fact that they are so prevalent to ring me and email me because obviously I've, my details have been leaked in various exchange hacks but it's just it's your updating it everything works. it's your updating everything isn't it in the area wanting to date you <laughs> <laughs> I answer those calls and the yeah. chicks are not hot. Like, <laughs> dude. But um, like literally, I, li I answered the call the other day just for, for lols. I answered a call from one of them and just went, let's just see what this one is. And they were trying to get me to invest in this random art investment scam. And they were pretending they were representing this artist. I was Googling her and she was legit. But I know they didn't represent her. I know they didn't have any of her artwork. And they were trying to get me to like, put like a shit ton of money into backing her artwork and they're like this will only this will be inflation it's like they had all the keywords they, they knew what they were saying and i'm just like and at the end of the call i'm like are people that stupid can you sleep at night and they just went the phone call just went off they realized that you know they've been called out but yeah yeah so if people are going to do that like these scams are much more like you deserve it on these scams because they just market mm. it and then you freely buy it they're not even directly calling you like you're going on there and buying this shit yeah i remember some of my friends one of the groups were telling me like i was i think they asked me how bitcoin's doing when we had a bit of a dip a while back and i said well you know i just say to well it's gonna have ups and downs while it's in discovery but then he went on to ft's trying to say about art I'm like, it's not fucking art. It's art should be hard to make, take time, and by someone who's skilled, who, who's built up the craft over years. And it's just like an NFT. It's just an absolute piece of shit, yeah. especially when it looks like Leisure Suit Larry from the 80s. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> but um but yeah one of the reasons why i put this on there is because we've had this discussion on here i think it's probably nearly a year ago where it was about bitcoin or like toxic bitcoin maximalists and how it can be it had like a bad rap like mm. being toxic is is a, is a negative trait of bitcoiners and and now that we're seeing like because obviously like when we first probably started this pod we're in a bull market and all the shit coiners were were laughing some of them were making more money than bitcoin and they were they were loving it and we're still there being toxic and we're getting called out for being toxic and you know we're pushing people away from bitcoin and da 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 and in reality you know, our defense was just no these are active scams like and we're kind of losing our like wits end like we, we we try and explain to people properly about scarcity decentralization and how sound money exists and why Bitcoin is the only true use case for a blockchain. Everything else is just absolute bollocks. And it's literally a scam or just a marketing ploy to make the founders money. But then eventually, once you have like four conversations like that and they're still going, you end up just going, have fun staying poor. And they're like, oh, you're so toxic. But now we're in a bear market and they've lost 99.99% of their wealth. Bitcoin is down 60%, but the difference between 60% down and 99.99 is the difference of it's fucking everything, right? It's like how just like to, I just like to point something out quickly there. You're not down if you don't sell. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. True. I suppose if you if you um, consider your wealth in sats, you're not down at all. You're exactly yeah. if anything, you'll be up because you've still been DCAing. And it, and if your wife um, asks you anything about how Bitcoin's doing, just say it's fine. I've got the same amount of sats. Got more sats than I had yesterday. Yeah, but it's um yeah. But the serious point behind it is, there's been like loads of suicides all over Twitter. Like people in Taiwan, and I saw a guy in Australia. Like they're jumping out of their freaking apartment blocks and just splatting on the floor because they've invested too much in shit coins, and then they all get wrecked and they lose everything. And um, it's just it's sad to see and more as well and i think uh, again we were speaking about this is that we're now living a time where we can see this more because of social media you know dan was here today gone tomorrow because he's obviously done what he's done and uh, and you know people will record it upload it send it out to all their friends and family and then uh, and then everything is, is shown to everyone now we really really need to be mindful of you know the, the research the level of research that we do into this and you should you should not be trusting of anything that we're saying you should go out try to verify everything but naturally every week we upload what we say into the show notes and you can read through it all uh, so yeah just be just be careful out there because it's a lot easier to get scammed. I take offence to you saying you shouldn't trust everything which you say because there's something which we say every week by Bitcoin. Trust that. (laughs) Yeah, definitely don't listen to our episodes of misinformation, but definitely listen to the phrase of uh, just by Bitcoin. So, Mr. Allin, have you listened to the last um, two weeks' episodes? I listened to two weeks ago. I listened to the latest one. Okay. I was just wondering if you'd um, picked up bits of misinformation in there. <laughs> no, everything. You guys are good now. You guys are good. I, I I realized that on like misinformation. I think one and two when I wasn't here. 
and uh, I was like, "No, you guys are good, man." It's like you 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 see articles the same way as I do now. Like when I, when we were first talk, talking about this stuff, probably a couple of years ago, you were seeing it different. You were seeing it still with a fiat mindset. Now you see it with a Bitcoin mindset, and it's literally once that button gets clicked, your your brain works the same now. It's all all Bitcoiners well, think the same. Because I I was messaging. Um... It's someone I know through um, my daughter is basically um, one of her friend's dads and um, got quite um, got into quite a lot about Bitcoin, but he's um, been a bit of a shit coiner. And um, but anyway, I said, you know, the problem with like when you get into it more and more is you end up with this kind of like understanding the ins and outs of economics and finance and you realise how bad it is. And when you hear a bit on the news, your initial reaction is something which is literally the polar opposite of what everyone else is thinking within the fiat world. But I have to keep a lid on it at home because my wife thinks I'm absolutely batshit crazy. So I just have to keep it retained in. And it is a bit of a problem because we're going to go into a couple of stories this week. Um, and I think everyone's going to be like, what's the problem? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's start it off. And what could be bigger than them all than uh, the World Economic Forum, the Global Government Summit, and uh, and how they make decisions on our everyday lives when you actually don't really know about it. Now, when I clicked on this uh, link, oh my gosh, I thought, what have I stumbled across here? It's actually called rebelnews.com. And uh, and as I was scrolling through on on uh, the right hand side, I saw that picture of Klaus and we have these that T-shirt. I think I might need that T-shirt. <laughs> what do you mean? It? Is it the um, Senator Palpatine top which he's wearing? Uh, no, it's a, it's a T-shirt that uh, is being sold. Uh, purchase some World Economic Forum merch oh, today from the Rebel News Store. Uh, yeah, it, it's just a classic picture of Klaus and uh, and his phrase, "We have vase." We have vase of making you. Talk. Oh God, I'll just see him at the bottom. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, if you, I think this was one which um, I think I dropped into the group um where it was on twitter and it was the mm. fact that um the local police is it in davos it's greece isn't it yeah that's no, in switzerland no switzerland switzerland okay sorry. sorry and they had patches over where it should say like the police force so like the county or town i don't know what they do in switzerland but it had wef um police on it and it did you watch yeah. the video that i put in in the group in reply to that because where they're interviewing an actual police officer going what is that wet badge about i did but i can't remember now to be perfectly remember. honest because they're, they're basically going are the wet police and they go no um but you can sign up to be a wet police if you paid for the badge and he's like the guy is like going like joking with him going oh, i didn't klaus pay for the badge for you and here they went I can't tell you why they're different, but it's a perception thing. And the badge means something, but it's tactics. It's police tactics that I can't tell you. And it's just, and so it's literally it like, like that, we know what it is. It's like they're positioning themselves as a more superior police 
to the normal police, creating <laughs> a global police force. So it's like the, um, it's almost a bit like the Freemasons for people putting the patch on men. Is it Freemasons, the Masons? Yeah, yeah, the Freemasons, yeah, yeah. And, and I think, it, again, it's a little bit of a selection thing, right? They're going to mm. the police, going, who wants to be part of it? You know, who wants, and they're, they're, they're sussing out for compliance. But obviously, if you're already a policeman, then you're already combining to be quite compliant to the state. But who's really fucking compliant? Who really wants to wear the WEF badge? And who wants I to think... pay like 50 euros for it or whatever and be part of this group? And they almost like they're self-selecting. Like these are the boys yeah. that are going to do anything for us. When we tell them that guy's not wearing a mask, Go beat him and throw him in a cage. They're gonna obey, and it's like I think I think the masks have gone now. I think it's gonna be something else, but it's it seems like nothing. I think it's a storm in the teacup. It's it's nothing. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, it, it's it's so weird though, isn't it? Right, like literally, you know, like I still remember that time when you asked me, like, when are you gonna, when would you admit that like the WEF isn't is harmless? I'm like, the day that they seem to just be doing what they say they're doing and taking a step back and like the more time that goes by the more they're just playing in to like the whole prediction of what they're it, trying to do just but it's literally yeah. like you know it's like a character caricature from um james bond yeah it's it's literally ridiculous how far it looks like he wears that like sentient palpatine robe and he preaches to people how they should live I don't get exactly that. You're absolutely right. But he's also predicting how people will live when he won't be there in the future to see how they live. He's so old. Well, he might be like the emperor might live off souls or whatever he does. <laughs> I mean, that's what they did in um, Indiana Jones, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and he looks like one of those um, Nazi baddies. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, a... and there's history in that family as well because his... Um, Father, I read it. Well, I read it on Twitter. Obviously, I can't verify because it's nowhere online. His um, father was some high-ranking Nazi. Mm. But I think there's Did a full through in old age. But I think there's a full fact saying um, no, he wasn't. Even though he moved in about 1938 to Germany from Austria. Right. <laughs> no evidence there. It's um. <clears throat> It's just that the whole like Davos thing is super. I don't know if you saw like there's some things on Rebel News where there was an influencer that they managed to get, and he's a super popular influencer. He does one minute videos every single day about his life, and he <laughs> went to Davos, and he went. It was like three thousand of the smartest brains are here. They're discussing all the big issues like climate change, pandemics. It's amazing. Da 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 da. And um, one of the Rebel News guys got him and just went. You know, you paid to be here. And he's like, ran off down the street. So, dude, why, why, why are you running? Like, we know what's happening here. We know they are literally influencing social media and they're getting key influencers. They're paying them to give them good media by yeah. paying them to be there and giving them positive coverage because they know the coverage that they day-to-day they -day get on the news and stuff. The youngsters aren't watching that stuff. So they're getting these YouTubers and stuff to come cover the event and make sure it's positive and paying them and they're running off and um and and, and they, these rebel news guys are exposing them i think they also exposed right. the fact that it was the it, there was something like 1000 private jets all parked up in switzerland and well, no, i think that was and, um i think that's a shot from um cob 
COP was it COP twenty twenty six whatever it was the climate change one back in um, the start of the year. So I think that's a shot from there. It's just someone taking the piss. Oh, is it? I, well, I did. I did think I saw an article on Rebel News though where it was the record number of um, private jets at any event. To be, ever. to be fair, the type of person who goes to that, it does fit in. So, but I thought it was just um, a reused picture from um, Glasgow. Oh, uh, okay. Maybe, maybe the picture was reused, but um, yeah, but yeah, it kind of feeds into the next one. Um, kind of like that point about the um, carbon and everything else, because. There is going to be an element of that because there's going to be limousines, there's going to be private jets, there's going to be um, there's going to be private yachts as well involved in getting there for all these um, billionaires and millionaires and whatever else they are. Well, has um, anybody? Because one of the reporters that went out there uh, was a lady called Savannah Hernandez. Have you seen her? Uh, journalism student, pretty hot. <laughs> just leave you on that. I'll just leave you on that note. <laughs> is she part of Rebel News, or she's like yes, yeah. part of Rebel News. Ah, okay. I've probably, probably seen her on the things then. Yeah, yeah. yeah re- she's really good as well. She's Asian one. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she's really good. She really yeah. like very switched on, very good at asking, yeah. asking questions, and um, and she obviously has like. She is not trying to make them look good. She's genuinely trying to Correct. ask very pointed questions as in what's going on here. Correct. And um, and yeah, so this is the psychopaths. So we, we've got a link here to a Reddit post, which is the, the psychopaths of private jets use CBDCs to track your carbon footprint. In other words, everything you do. I'd say a little 20-second 20, 20 clip, so I was going to play it. Developing through technology an ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. What does that mean? That's where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So individual carbon footprint tracker. Mm, Stay tuned. We don't have it operational yet, but this is something that we're working on. So there it is. There it is. Yeah. And and the pitch, this is a good thing. Well, this is this is a point. Why would you need that baked into money? So that's a key question here. Is it's like, okay, you want to store that? I was sent a link by someone I work with about a year and a half ago about carbon footprints, and you could just enter in what your day to day is. And if you really want, I'm pretty sure there's an app out there where you could literally log in your day by day, what you've eaten, the plastic wrapping, how much far you've driven, what clothes you wear how many times you've worn them and so on, so you can cycle through what your carbon footprint, but why would it need to be in your money? Mm. I know, especially well, when, yeah. I, the killer stat always that I always use on this is that the top 100 corporations are responsible for 70% of the carbon emissions on the planet. So if you so want to- what happens with that CEO? Does he get tied down to his house and only allowed to eat um, soy? Exactly. And like in reality, like, to a certain extent, who cares about the CEO? It's just, are you going to stop the company doing the emissions or what? Because doing this and tracking, literally what you just said then is the things you're doing, where you're traveling, the things you eat. There's like literally when we've been like talking, it's always been a conspiracy theory that they're going to say, you've had one steak this month, you can't have another, you need to eat the bugs. Everyone's like, oh, tinfoil, heart, idiot. They're literally on stage saying it as a positive, going, 
we're going to be tracking everything someone does. And when you start to go above certain measures, you're going to be banned from buying the next oh, thing. It, it won't be to it, buy the state. It, it could be measures, but it could be you earn privileges as well, or you get privileges taken away from you for bad behavior. So, you know, putting yeah. pods like this together, it could oh, be absolutely. you haven't waved your WEF flag today, so you can't eat, eat meat today. So it's just, it's a reward system. It's literally what you'd have for kids, like a star chart, which I have for my kids for good behavior. They want yeah. to give back to an adult population. Yeah. And they want you to behave in a certain way to do certain things and obviously not do other things. And, uh, and I'll go so far as to say that this is actually linked to tax as well, because they can easily tax you, tax the money that you are paid from your job um, by using CBDCs uh, through your carbon footprint. If you were to drive to a certain destination and obviously uh, the emissions that you use, yep, we'll tax you on that. It's a lot easier to tax you if you use too much electricity uh, and so forth and so on. So there's lots of various different instances that digitally they can uh, quickly say, that you've not behaved and therefore we can punish you through your carbon footprint but spinning it in a good way that well if we don't do it you're ruining the planet so you've got a choice you've got a choice as to whether or not you want to comply with the what we're saying or we're or you don't have to comply but you'll just have to pay a little bit more and that's your punishment. But really, it's an extra added tax. Yeah. So is Davos by a big lake? Is that what it is in, in Switzerland? I don't really know the area. Or is it? Yeah, it's, it's, a little, it's a little town. Yeah. So, Don't. yeah, I'm just having a quick look on Google Maps. So is, there's a lake nearby. It's in Switzerland. So people have flown in. They may have gone in a private yacht, gone around the, around the Mediterranean, then like <laughs> taxied or flown the last bit by helicopter or whatever. So we think about these, do you say 3,000 people? Hmm. So majority of those are going to be private jets. They're going to be private yachts. So private jet, what's the, um, what's the average amount of people on a normal plane? It's roughly about 100 so a private jet, it's going to be it's going to be one to two for their purpose. So literally, that person for going in, if they're sharing their mate, it's fifty times more pollution than someone's used. But if they're using a private jet, how often are they going to fly per year? Because most people will fly once or twice a year, whereas these people are going to be flying at least once a week. So obviously, you've got another multiple. So it's fifty times they've already done, but it's another fifty times based upon the frequency. So we're now up to what is it, two hundred and fifty? 2,500 more pollution than the average person just on a private jet. And then they're going to have a private yacht. So a private yacht, if you want to run one, an estimate which I came across is you need 400,000 pounds of fuel per year. Jeez. Do you know how much I spend on my car per year? Around about 800 pounds. That's an ins 400, like thousand pounds, like in pounds. Yeah, uh, do not dollars. So oh. if you do that by what? One dollar eighty, roughly. That's how much it'll be in terms of liters. Jesus Christ! Um, so, in order to just have the engine running, I think it pisses more fuel my car does all year within an hour, um, and to actually put it into moving. 
it's obviously a lot, lot more. So to get up to what is it, 10, 15 knots. So you've got to think about these people who are preaching everything to the yachts, the planes, their kind of carbon footprint is going to be, I don't know, 5,000, 10,000 times more than yours. Yeah, you're listening to them. And these people aren't willing to reduce their lifestyle. This could have been a Zoom call, which they were doing, but instead they've gone to Davos. Yeah. And, and, and but, the, the, sorry, I was just going to say uh, if you were looking for Savannah Hernandez, like I was, to follow her, uh, she's been suspended by Twitter. And uh, yeah, and then there's also another person who you, in the article that you sent, uh, is he there? No, he, he wasn't named as, as because uh, he said, uh, Rebel News sent our fearless Australian reporter, Avi Yemeni, uh, Lewis Brackpool, Jeremy Lofredo, Rukshan Fernando, Sophie Kukoran, and then uh, Savannah Hernandez. But there was also somebody else that has been uh, or gone there, a guy called Jack uh, Posebeek, and he's been detained by the Davos police outside the West. Uh, by Swiss police, sorry. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're clamping down on those telling and saying and spraying the real news. Yeah, because let me know, like the, the whole climate change thing, they want us to get into the weeds of it, but it's a psyops. It's the mm. same reason they attack Bitcoin on this grounding. It's just a, it's just a reason to attack. And it's a, it's a reason to bring in CBDCs. They'll bring it under the guise of climate change. And they want us to get into the weeds and start debating climate change with them. But in reality, we know why they are doing it. They re the real reason why CBDCs are coming in is because they need to reboot fiat. They need a great reset. And they, once they do that, they need total control because they know there's going to be rebellion. So whenever people then rebel, they need to be able to easily punish people and get them in line. That is why this is happening. Control. They're going to put it under the guise of saving the planet. They don't give a fuck about the planet. As already said, 70% of the pollution comes from 100 companies. You gave a shit. You go, you would spend trillions of dollars on fixing those 100 companies. And we're fine. Why are they focusing on plebs like us who do fuck all? As, a, as an individual, we do fuck all. Well, as I just said, you know, these people at the Davos, they're polluting probably a thousand times more than you and I yet you're listening to them. Yeah. Yeah. So I've actually pulled up the webpage and shared it amongst us. So as an approximate guide, a yacht of centimetres will consume about 500 litres of diesel an hour. So what's my car take? Is it, I forgot what it is. Is it 50 litres? Yeah. I fill it up probably every three, four weeks. 500 so litres an hour. Yeah, so they're literally, <laughs> use, within an hour, they're using what my yearly usage, pretty much. Yet they're telling me off. Oh my God, yeah. Within this month, the average overnight cruise of 12 hours could cost £24,000. Wow. These, wow. The, just when I ever thought that maybe I'll get a yacht one day, I'm like, no. <laughs> Just fucking, <laughs> like, I can't, I can't afford to fuel that fucking. Not without asking for uh, everyone chipping in on this. I know, like that's ridiculous. Yeah, like twenty-four thousand pounds for you know, and on hours. top of that, so on top of that, you've got the plane. So if you've got a private jet, 
your beyond you know what's crazy speech. sorry this article's from 2015 as well it's seven years old <sighs> so you can probably double all these <laughs> yeah oh dear wow. so the, the amounts yeah monetary amounts i was going on the liters of diesel but yeah if you um if you go to um the planes as well it's 50 50 times less occupancy down from 100 people down to one or two and then the frequency is going to be up 50 as well because they're going to be doing 100 flights or so a year and what and like i said your people are listening to them i remember when cop 26 happened and my wife was going, oh, this is terrible. This is terrible. I'm like, I said, I'm not listening to, to these people who fly on pr- private jets and have private yachts. Um, they're trying to tell me what to do. They should have got on, um, got on a chartered plane, you know, got on with all the other plebs if they're preaching to us. And it should have been a Zoom call even. But yeah, they're t- <laughs> you know, they're telling you about climate change, but they all flew there on private jets. I just, it, it's the most basic thing but no one seems to see this really it does seem to get quite widely publicized but then whatever comes out the key talking points of we need to do xyz to save the planet sticks so the event always gets chastised but what comes out of the event becomes policy it's a very weird contradiction well here's something interesting up the reddit thread so it was a claim and we all seem to back it up is who made the term carbon footprint? Yeah, no idea. Mm. A big clue is it's it's a term which fits a consumer, so you and I, and not a company. Oh, because it's got the word foot in yeah. it. Yeah, foot, yes. Yeah, so, so because it's about us, so, you know, it's obviously shaped by industry. Mm. BP. So BP came up with this to shift the blame from them to us. Interesting. That's nice. That's the, again, it's all about marketing, right? Yeah, exactly. So you can't say, "Oh shit, it's our fault," but you kind of buy it, even though we've made a dependence on it, and we keep on destroying all the sustainable stuff which comes along by buying it, and then uh, making sure it never sees the light of day because oil's too profitable for us. Yeah, it's, it's always our fault. I saw the CEO of Pfizer saying the reason why covid still around is because people don't get vaccinated and aren't masking properly um, <laughs> nothing to do with the fact your vaccine's a crock of shit and masks don't work no 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 it's our fault it's our fault even though he's made billions off it like every time yeah. whenever, whenever something that the, these big organizations do and then it doesn't work they go it's your fault <laughs> <laughs> but um but you've linked to the carbon footprint.com here yeah yes yes so um so again i thought if i think in the future this will become mandatory for people to somehow put in their carbon footprint and for their carbon footprint to be calculated and then shared with others um so when you do so you will be asked all about obviously where you live um calculating just put in uh as an individual uh your flights per year your house um if you travel on bus or rail and then also secondary things like clothes uh what 
medicine that you might use, food and drink, of course, television, radio, equipment, uh, furniture. All of it is calculated and it will give you an overall result. And that overall result will effectively mean this is obviously what your carbon footprint is, but you are then tasked, no doubt, to lower that. So that will mean less enjoyment in terms of purchasing those things or um, obviously your electricity consumption within your house, your gas consumption and so forth. And of course, your travel. So you will be given a quota, I'm sure, of this is within the allowance. Like, who, who says that this is the allowance, you know? And then from there, you will have to adhere to it. And if you don't, you'll be made to pay for it. Yeah. I think you were saying this before, right? It's just going to end up being another tax, right? 100%. Because I, I, I just typed in, I typed in some random numbers into this. I website. think it's beyond that. I don't think it's just another tax. I think it's control. Oh it's yeah, 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 yeah. It was just this will be probably the first like evolution of it. Well, you'll have another tax line on your paycheck though, and it'll say carbon tax on it. Mm. And yeah, I, I agree. It will then it was going to escalate to be communism, which is like horrendous. But I just typed in like let's just say like I did eighty tons of CO two, and I don't know how much that is. No idea. But like according to this website, I have now after in my global portfolio do 720 pounds and i can do a monthly subscription i can literally add this to a basket i have to do 1500 pounds worth of uk tree planning i'd have to do 1200 pounds of reforestation in kenya 760 pounds in the americas 800 pounds into how about, how about i buy some seeds and plant them somewhere and it, it's so weird though right because i always this elon even has called out these whole carbon credits and stuff it's a lot the whole thing's a nonsense like you if you're going to pollute the planet then you've polluted it like kind of planting a few trees over there doesn't really fix the fact that you polluted it over here like it's mm. it's a plaster on the wound like it's just no the wound needs stitches or like don't cut yourself in the first place so if people really care the websites like this are just we, we need to be kind to the planet in the first instance if we really cared like planting a few trees and just paying money it says and it always comes down to it right where whenever you can pay your way out of it i'm always suspicious because yeah. for the rich they can just pay it right no matter yeah. what this is like, because that's a lot of money like what i just added up there was about five grand so for five grand i can now be carbon neutral according to this website yep for the average person that's gonna hurt them for the average millionaire that's just a weekend away. So now the millionaire can fly around, do whatever they want, pay their five grand, and they can be golden. And for the average person, they're screwed. And uh, yeah, I just get very suspicious. And it's like, are these people really doing what they're saying? Are they really planting these trees? Is it really carbon neutral? whenever I've looked at the real stats of like the carbon kind of footprint and the carbon inputs and outputs of the planet, when you zoom out, if you, I think if you zoom in and look at the last 200 years, it's a straight graph upwards and you go, oh shit, this looks bad. If you zoom out over like 200,000 years, it just goes up. It's just like a, it's a roller coaster up and down. Yeah. Like the planet heats and cools 
every 100,000 years. And at the moment, we're on an uptick. And it's just, are humans contributing? Like, maybe, yeah, probably. But the, the planet warms up every 100,000 years anyway. It's just, it was going to do it anyway. So are planting a load of trees going to change that? Probably not. Just looks like another tax for poor people to take money off them. Yeah. And there's no way out of it. I mean, it's essentially just like the emissions tax in in uh, in London, right? Yeah. It will effectively become an emissions tax everywhere. It starts there, but I believe it will um, it will expand to other cities, major cities. Yeah. Should we go on to the next story? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Bitcoin lesson. What happens if the WEF attack Bitcoin and manage to fork it to proof of stake? So, uh, this was a question that you asked, uh, Dr. Evil 10%, which is yes. Yeah, so, one. this started from it was a conversation which uh, Mr. Owen commented, then I responded. So, it was Dennis Porter saying he feels that the WEF is going to become pro Bitcoin. Um, and Mr. Orland saying, what? They hate Bitcoin and they ever pretend to love it. They will try and destroy it from the inside. I said, the plan will be to get inside, to change it to proof of stake, then buy a stack of printed money and change the rules. Voila. You know, you destroy <laughs> Bitcoin. And um, I got a reply from the other helpful Bitcoin slut um, who said, why would miners change to pause rhetorical? Um, I said, you would help. You would hope that Bitcoins have a sound enough understanding, however, new miners appear to have been planted brainwashed, and that would be a threat. In theory, you need the consensus of a core dev, some miners and the exchanges, but then nobody would buy the coins if the rules would change. Ethereum is technically a threat, but use case is different. My response was I may be um, being arrogant, but I don't think Flickr is a, is a threat. Um, would it be a numbers game with the miners and core devs? The miners' numbers game would be to cause a fort to, to new rules, but we've been through that in 2017. So basically, I I messaged um, I messaged uh, Mr. Orlin because I wasn't too confident, but I thought my thinking was correct. That basically, if you if you loaded the network with a load of miners, they could outvote who's there already because yeah. you've got with the WEF and governments, you've got unlimited money. You can afford to do this. They could buy shitloads of miners and break break the network fundamentally, switch it to proof of stake, and go, yeah, this is our global currency. And they've got the stack and they get in. Now it's not 21 million. It's oh yeah, um, they've made it so it's not visible on the chain. So you don't know how many Bitcoin there are. And there's now 60 million and they own um 39 million of them. So therefore they have the deciding vote, you know, or whatever or how many they need. So I was asking Mr. All in how you know what's possible in that. Um, so it was understanding, you know, whether it's so I had it in my head that it was like 51%, but you were saying it's 91%? Yeah, to get a contentious fork through. So for, for any fork of Bitcoin, so we talked about forks on Bitcoin here before. So we've had SegWit, which mm -hmm. enabled um, Lightning, and then we've had um, Taproot recently. Um, to, to get those two through, we needed 90% consensus to push that forward. Yeah. If you only have 89%, it doesn't go forward. So this is, the, this is the difference between controlling a network for longevity or controlling a network for a very small um, period of time. Because yeah. the 51% 50, the attack enables you to take control of the Bitcoin blockchain like one block. 
Okay. So for a 10 minute period. <clears throat> so if you manage to control all the miners for one block, it means you can do a double spend. So I could essentially like send you a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin. Um, but because I've got all the miners, I could send it to you, make you think you've got it, give me a billion dollars worth of something on the side. And then in that 10 minutes, reverse the transaction. So that's, yeah. that's the 51% attack. But to actually change the protocol forever, so to change it to proof of stake or to change the supply, you need 90%. Mm. So, so the, the, the problem is, like, the, the original point of Bitcoin slot there is it would never happen, it's rhetorical, which is probably is, is kind of fair. It, it probably is going to be like, yeah. But I, 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 I like the thought process of going, well, let's just assume they do. Let, let's assume the WEF, with their infinite money, do hire a load of very smart people and set up a shit ton of Bitcoin nodes and Bitcoin miners and do get 90% of fork Bitcoin to proof of stake. Now what? Yeah. I like just going through that. I don't think it could happen, but, it, but there's a small chance it could. So what now what? Now what happens? Because Bitcoin has been, has been literally... Right. Moved to proof of stake, they got 90% consensus because they made a billions and billions and billions worth of miners and nodes. Yeah. They... So if you think about it, they could go make a print shitloads of money, buy the mining equipment straight away, get it built up, like confiscate um, it, and then we end up in a massive, you know, recession, recession on the back of it two years later. But they've done it, they've done it, they've got it all set up, and basically take us from inside so i know the answer to this one because we had the brief discussion across um signal but i'd be interested to hear so never looks um thoughts yeah well i just think that ultimately there's two, i'd like to think there's too many good miners that wouldn't ever be corrupted but say if there's um i don't know ten thousand miners out there and the wef gets all the governments to print a shitload of money and they buy 200,000 miners. Yeah. So now it's, um, what, what's that going to be? It's like 95% of the miners in the world now belong to the WEF. Yeah, you just assume it's happened. It has happened. 90% of the miners are controlled by the WEF. Now what? That's that's the, the, thought, like the game theory we're going through here. Well, I guess ultimately, are they prepared to not only put that money in, but are they prepared to waste that energy which is the key thing, which Michael Saylor always talks about. Because with Bitcoin... They've got, they got unlimited money. It's the computational energy, isn't it, that they're going to then uh, support. So into. you think those 200,000, they'll, um, I don't know, take over yeah. some shitty country like Canada, who's got lots of hydro dams, and they'll also just ban electricity for a weekend. Yeah, um, they're in the power Canada. Yeah, and they own Trudeau as well, so they can do it in Canada. Yeah, they got they got free energy, and they they've got a shit ton of miners. Nine, they they have ninety percent of the miners now, and they're running it on free energy. And they forked Bitcoin, so BTC now is proof of stake. <clears throat> so they've broken it essentially, and they have control mm. of Bitcoin. So 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 what happens is the well, Bitcoin will still continue to can uh, to go on regardless. So yes, you can have this fork but the true bitcoin will still continue because well, the, code well, the official itself bit, bitcoin that has bit, been written can't change or won't change fundamentally it will still 
remain the same until 2140. Yeah, so that'd be like the, the secondary fork, which would remain the same. So the primary would be the WEF. Yeah, yeah that, that would be the official, but you're right. And but then it, it will take for everybody to trust the new fork. But naturally, being true Bitcoiners, we won't trust it because it's like since uh, 2009 and when Satoshi wrote the white paper, before actually going ahead and obviously issuing the first block, you could have copied what Bitcoin was, but and you still can copy what Bitcoin is. However, you can't change the trust element of people then buying into that. So essentially you can do whatever you want. You can copy it, you can try to break it, uh, but it, it goes down to what the, I guess what the masses actually want to go ahead and do because Bitcoin Cash, uh, or yeah, or old Bitcoin, it was is exactly the same, right? Yeah, I think that, yeah, that's pretty much it all. So it's um, the fork, but the actual Bitcoiners would go onto the it'd be the secondary original, but, or, yeah, yeah, the original. Yeah. So it'd be like, fuck you, WEF Bitcoin, <laughs> yeah, I, I'll claim my coins over here. And I'll sell off my WEF ones and I'll buy um, more of a proper Bitcoin. Yeah. So the, the trust is probably the, the key, most key point. Like I didn't go into in detail with Bitcoin sluts. So I don't think they got over the idea that it wasn't, they just said it's not possible pretty much was their answer. Whereas this was, they might try it at some point. Yeah, it's not impossible, but it's the, the fundamentals behind it afterwards of what the reality of it would actually be. Yeah, I, well, I think I think it is actually probable that this will happen at some point. Because mm. as they're as they're failing, I think they will go to co-opt a load of Bitcoin miners and 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 try and fork the coin and to something that is more controllable. But essentially, even though they have ninety percent of the hash power, behind that is one user, and it's the government, and the millions of real Bitcoiners are in the ten percent. So even though they have 90%, we only have 10, whatever coin we end up with at the side, that's the coin we continue to transact with. We, we dump the WEF coin and we exchange it into the new Bitcoin coin and we carry on. And this is the now new coin. And now they have to come attack us here. Mm. It's a whack-a-mole. We just keep moving <laughs> as a community and go, unless it's yeah. Satoshi's code, go it is, fuck yourself. It, it's so, very clever. It is so clever how he'd done things like this like yeah. i was um going through um with a friend of mine who's not 100 on bitcoin but i think i've started to orange pill them and it was going on to the lightning network about the cost involved transferring money the fact that debit cards and credit credit cards have got hidden money um behind them and it's just the way which bitcoin was set up in the first place is just so clever and it kind of goes back to our first story. You've had all these shit coins come along and try and replicate or better what Bitcoin's done. Mm. But Satoshi has done something which, you know, <sighs> which even if we didn't have Bitcoin right now, I don't think we could really comprehend oh. all those technicalities. And um, I don't know how you describe them, like almost twists which he's factored in to stop yeah. it being taken over by governments. And corporations yeah it's, it's yeah. i think i think the official term is the game theory he, he's he's worked through every single 
kind of game theory that can happen and every single attack and every single scenario that can happen with money and happen with a kind of a coded protocol. But what would you do and if you Satoshi could... actually turns out to be Klaus? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say thank you. You fucked yourself, mate. Like, well done. You played yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> well done. You played yourself. It actually off. was his, his thought was to... Um, to create the sovereign individual because somehow <laughs> yeah. that fits into his Nazi plans. Yeah. I, I somehow think that Klaus is very high on the number one list of the least likely <laughs> Satoshi people, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. But I like I like that debate. It was it was good seeing it. Uh, yeah. It, 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 it's getting me thinking. It's understanding all the aspects of Bitcoin. And, you know, two conversations, one by Twitter and one by um, Signal of a Friend, it just makes you think of all these and just yeah. rethink. But these are the things that I think people should think about and not just, uh, you know, just think, well, it could never happen. And, yeah. you know, what if, uh, or not if, what happens when? I mean, it may not be possible through energy, or getting hold of miners at the moment to actually take over a Bitcoin network to get that 91%. Mm. So it may be a fair point from Bitcoin slut. But yeah, thinking about it and what the possibilities are, and I'm sure that the WEF have probably thought about doing it, and the US, IMF, Fed have probably thought about doing it as well at some point. Yeah, because the, the beautiful thing is when you actually allow yourself to think about it, you go, you didn't break Bitcoin by doing it. Correct. They, literally, all that happened is they would have disrupted Bitcoin for a period of time, but there'd been a, a period of confusion of which is the real Bitcoin. But eventually, people would have realized, oh, this is the real one. That's the WEF one. This is the real one. And they'd have spent hundreds of billions for nothing, just to disrupt us for about a month. And I, then probably should have I probably should have continued the conversation to get it past the, um, the numbers game at first to actually go down the... Um, yeah. um, to go down down that route of the WEF Bitcoin versus the original Bitcoin, because I think that's the key point here. Yeah, I like it I as think, well because it's like yeah. it, it gets us. This is why Bitcoin is different to shitcoin. Is like we don't just um, kind of drink the Kool Aid and go Bitcoin's like invincible against everything. It's like no, assume it gets broken on this on this level. Now what? And then you work through the game theory and you go, look, we're still good. It's it's fine. They they've attacked us on this layer. They take the BTC. Um, kind of name um, and they take the main main chain we are now a sub fork of the chain but provided all the users go there and they obviously will because this is the chain that we all want as a so, self so what do we what do we call the sub fork of bitcoin Bit, yeah. bitcoin pleb yeah it probably would be something like that yeah <laughs> but it, in essence though it, like you may say it might be a good thing for it because then it would actually show the resiliency of bitcoin as well so if and when it happens like for example how these shit coins will die along the way and people will unfortunately get wrecked but they were told if they were listening to pod number 57 and the 56 previously that if you obviously delve into that they will all go to zero just like fiat will go to zero uh, but then they can then learn the hard way, albeit that Bitcoin was the ultimate one. 
think at present kind of going into this probably on a little bit of a tangent like it's not really possible with the energy with current computing but they've always talked about the next generation of computers mm. I what they call the processors but there's a particular name quantum possibly quantum um computing yeah so no, i think that's a meme. Yeah. There's something which I've been talking about for years, and it's imagine if Microsoft made some like. And of course, Booby Bell is going to um, want to get in on Bitcoin with Klaus. So it is a possibility, but it could be attacked in that way. But the miners are only limited to a certain point. They develop technology which could actually hammer it with a lot less energy. So, but yeah, we've kind of answered the question. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter yeah. what Booby Bill does. Booby Bill. He has yeah, got some nice with titties. all those money, he could get a personal trainer, right? Or even just a even just a chef to make sure <laughs> that you're eating healthy. Uh, but Booby Bill is putting on some weight in his old age. I think I think they're going out with inflation. <laughs> <laughs> There's some brilliant photoshops about of them to make them look even more voluptuous. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we're moving on to the next story now, which is uh, a classic favourite of ours, Inflation Weekly. And a Dutch interviewer calls out the ECB on 8 trillion euro balance sheet. They say it's fine and it'll be fixed in due course. So uh, you saw this naturally on uh, on Twitter. And I, I saw that there was one of two. I didn't, I didn't find where the second one was, but maybe you can expand on that in terms of... Uh, in terms of the story, Mr. Rowland. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yes, yeah, it's just a little two-minute video of yeah. um, Christine Lagarde, who's the head of the ECB, who is um, a, a famous criminal. She's um, been known for financial fraud in her in her life, and um, obviously got pressured into then going US. We could put you in prison for a long time, but we'll put you in front of make you head up the European Bank instead. And, uh, and yeah, and a fair play to the interviewer in this interview. It's a little two-minute interview. And um, they show the balance sheet of the ECB, and it's just going up like a hockey stick. And um, according to the interview, anyway, I didn't listen to the whole interview, but he's referencing, she's just been shitting on crypto and saying how volatile that is and, and how dangerous like big pumps and dumps are. And then he references, does this look, scary to you because it's the balance sheet of the ECB and it's going up extremely steeply and um, and what do we do about this because it looks like as you said what goes up fast also comes down fast so mm. what's going to happen here because the, the the amount of money coming out of the ECB and the debt essentially has hit 8 trillion now what are you going to do about it and, um, and she just fobs him off initially and goes oh it was the pandemic right so what, 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 what could we do? There was a global pandemic, so we had to print a load of money. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah okay, okay. But still, how are you going to get this down? You know, you're the head of the European bank. You're $8 trillion in debt. What are you going to do? She just laughs at him and goes, it'll be fine. We'll deal with it in due course. Gives no detail. <laughs> Which very clearly means that they have no plan and they know what's about to happen, which in reality is they know they've gone too far. They know they're past the point of no return. The only way out of more of this amount of money printing is more money printing. 
until the value of that currency goes to zero. And you well, do just great, great reset. They just wait it. They wait it out until it looks less like like a bubble, and people see value in services because they've been roughly the same value for a while. That's literally what mm. the plan is. But it's whether they can control themselves to kind of like it's whether they're willing to wait up that two or three years, or whether they're they're going to. Um, yeah, they're but, marching towards twenty thirty. Or, or it's whether they just go, fuck it, let's just print ourselves so we have to deal with this in two years' time. And then they print again, we'll deal with this in two years' time. Yeah. It's, it's disgusting how... I, I, I respect the interviewer. Like it's, it's one of the few times I've seen someone like Christine Lagarde be questioned like this. He actually pushed her because she kind of fobbed him off a couple of times. He went, no, really? How are you going to get this debt down? And In due course. She laughs at him. She literally just smirks. Yeah, just watching it now. I couldn't work out where, like, I watched it, and there's a part of me just thinking, this is, um, you know, either incompetence or she just doesn't give a fuck, and she's just like, meh. It's the last one. And it's like, you're an absolute bunch of plebs. I can't give a shit what you think. And, like, the first time I just saw it, I thought, maybe she's just that stupid. Then I'm like, no, she's in this position for a reason. Um, yeah, she, she so it, it said she had to, so basically she tried to divert the blame so she's within the first four months due to COVID we had to do this um, because otherwise the economy would have collapsed but, but the answer is well why did you lock down on something which is not scientifically proven to work for anything and also lock down on something which you didn't understand and you've admitted did not need a lockdown so that's literally, you know, why have you done such a severe action which has caused an economy to basically be on its knees? Mm-hmm. So it goes back to, you know, this kind of topic which we've talked about many times should never... The economy has collapsed or would have collapsed due to lockdown policies. But it, it would have actually collapsed without that. Oh, yeah, it's, it's always every 10 years or so, since, isn't it? Since 1971, we've been on this hockey stick of inflation. And we've never had like a real proper hyperinflation collapse of either the euro, pound, or dollar, but it's coming. The, the hockey stick has, has been coming. And if anything, they, they've hidden behind COVID and now they're hiding behind Putin and going, that's the reason for all inflation. And you go, well, hold on, you're the last, that, that's only the last four years. What about this 50 that, before it? Which yeah, how come it's all straight up? There's always a trigger event. So if you go 92, I can't remember what, what was the trigger event for that. Then it was 2001, which was a dot-com bubble. Then it was yeah. 2008, which was a housing crisis. And then we had a bit of a longer period after that. So we went 2020, which was lockdowns. Yeah. So there's always an event which tr- triggers it. And it's roughly every 10 years. So we, we've had four, well, 12, 13 years between... Um, the housing crash and the lockdown slash Putin, which are blaming, but we know that we're already going into massive inflation before Putin. So you can't even bring that into the conversation. It's just dishonest. You know, we talked about this last week with um, Klarna. It's dishonest to blame it on that when you were going to shit before. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, the ones you just described there, I would actually put them historically, when you zoom out over hundreds of years, if you can go into the future, they're minor corrections. Potentially, what's coming is the proper collapse. 
But it's when it happens, it's whether we just end up being another minor correction, but it's a bigger correction at the moment because we've got inflated currency, it's, you know, and we've printed so much money. And then in 10 years' time, we get an even bigger one. It's just which one is it going to implode on? Yeah, of course. Uh, well, it, it was in 94 that there was a bond market crash that was in the US, but in 1992, there was an Indian stock market crash. I don't know if it affected the world. Okay. Uh, so it's the same then. world. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. There's these events that happen each and every time. And, you know, um, you're right, there was a longer period between 2007, 2008 before we had another event but every 10 years give or take there is some sort of event and so it would be um bang on the money in line with as we've been talking and we kicked off the show in terms of the WEF and Klaus's uh, plans of you will own nothing and be happy in 2030 that something again might happen don't know what it is but just be prepared i've been i know that before this all kicked off i was becoming a little bit tetchy because it was overdue you know like 2019 it's like why hasn't it happened already things are going to shit faster but it still hasn't happened and we were just waiting for something to kick off mm. um but kind of going into the question he said how do you bring it down it will come it will come in due course which basically means we, we can't do anything apart from wait, wait for everything to settle. That's the actual answer to this. But it's where they just keep on printing to hide it. Well, the, the real answer is, like, how do you undo inflation? Are they going to burn a load of money? Are they going to yeah. set fire to a load of euros? Oh, no, I'm talking about it's settling. It's settling so things become normal and people start spending again. Yeah, yeah. so, so the, the graph's gone straight up. So, yeah, so you're then going... What, what you need to do is then just stay stay steady, which is still at the crazy high level, but then to go up again. So it's, so yeah, so you basically, you normalize high prices. So you normalize high prices of goods, high prices of energy, food, energy, petrol. You yeah. normalize the prices at a very high level. And then you just- and Wages okay. slowly start to rise, to try and catch up on them. They just go on a another printing frenzy. Because exactly. I don't know, we've had um, an Ebola breakout. Yeah, yeah, there's always a reason, right? But his question was, when you bring it back down, and she went, "Oh, in due course." I was like, no, it's not happening in due course. But it due course is will not is, happen. But due course is we're going to have to wait for the things to normalise. But she can't explain a way out. It's just it is really, really bad. Yeah, well, it's it's a lie because even even when it normalises, by normalising, what we mean is you get used to high prices. It doesn't come back down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not <laughs> trying to say that. It is the normal. Um, but then what I particularly hated about this video is it then goes to a Q&A and someone asks her whether um, she or anyone or her son or something has invested in crypto. She said her son has. He won't tell me how much he's lost. Yeah. And he could have bought in fucking 2012 into Bitcoin and be a fucking billionaire, but she won't yeah. admit that. Yeah, exactly. But that, that just shows you, doesn't it? Even the head of the ECB bank, her own son, thinks she's full of shit and is <laughs> dollaring in on shit coins. Yeah, because there's no parent uh, that would have 
being a good parent in her eyes, I guess, if her own son's doing what she's yeah. moaning she's, about and, and complaining about. Not she's making do. tens, if not hundreds of millions of people poor and even die. Yeah. 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 And her own son is yellowing into shit coins. <laughs> I wonder if he's a lunar boy. Mummy will save him, won't she? It's so, weird because I think I think she did actually come out of character a little bit when she admitted that her son does that because it just totally. But I felt that it was more like this: you get punished for shit, got for yeah. investing in crypto. I thought it was not something which was um, didn't. I thought it fitted the narrative personally. Yeah, I, I well, I I don't know. Yeah, I I agree. Like she was obviously shitting on on it because she didn't even get asked about how much he lost. She just she got asked how did he do, and she straight away went. I don't know how much he's lost. Like, how do you know he lost if he didn't know how yeah. much? He might yeah. have made. He might have yeah. uh, made millions, billions on Bitcoin, and he's balling with some um, an eight ball and some hookers. Yeah, because it might well be <laughs> the fact that he has got a mum that's very tied into the financial market. She's explained it to him. He's got. She's, he's gone. Fuck! I need to yellow into Bitcoin because this thing's going to come down like a ton of bricks. Um. And, and, and he's and he's also just said, "Mom, you just don't get it. Just, just, just go to work." It's kind of, I don't know. If if I if I was the head of the ECB, for example, shilling this, I would not admit that my kids even fluttered in that market. I'd be like, "No, yeah. my my kids are sensible. They yeah. have a pension. They invest in bonds. They they." I would be doing the party line. Yeah, but she kind of like slipped a little bit. I think and went, "Oh, he does invest in shit coins. Oh, he lost money." But yeah, he's literally doing the exact opposite of what I told him. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> because um, everything that I say is absolute bollocks. No one believes it. And it uh, might be something which um, Sir Neverlook shared to the chat the list of stock market crashes. It might be worth sharing that into the show notes. Yeah. Definitely I think that's that. really interesting because it's all the time. And you can pick out the key events, which usually centers somewhere around America. And yeah. how it's how it's just something it should, should should be so little, but because we're leveraging debt left, right, and center, it literally fucks a whole system. It would be good to do a whole show on that. Uh, I'd like to take that on actually uh, and lift you, that. You out. do, but so I'll, I'll try and I'll try and pull my finger out to sort out the security. Yeah, one. yeah, definitely. I've saved it into uh, into my favorites right next to um, the my world debt clock as well. You love that clock. <laughs> Every episode should feature the debt clock. Um, but talking of obviously losing more money, um, we're going on to our next story, uh, second to last, which is our shitcoin corner story of the comic maker saying that they don't do NFTs. So if you bought one, it was a scam. Lol. <laughs> Also, lol. I love, I, love, <laughs> I love the lol at the end um, because you know I love whenever reading anything online. It's a little bit of insight. Is I always love to delve into the comments. Uh, all the tea is in the comments, and uh, and someone replied back saying, "Oh, you know, effectively, why are you laughing at somebody losing money and you know, kind of explain it to us." Well, you shouldn't have been so dumb, right? <laughs> yeah, he says, don't know why you have to add the also lol at the end there. Shouldn't glorify vulnerable people being scammed. Let's go, NFT bros losing money is funnier than any of our comics. 
<laughs> I genuinely laughed out loud when I read that first time. It's brilliant. Yeah, cyanide and happiness, which is um, so they're they're explosing at explosion on Twitter, like absolute fucking legends. I remember these guys, like these were on the first websites I ever found when I found the internet. You know, when you don't really know what websites are really. Like, they were literally one of the very first websites I bookmarked and used to go on there every day and see what their latest comic was. And it was always funny, just literally stick characters, just doing random things, like three to six little um, panes of um, animation. And yeah, I, I would fully have expected them to probably to cash in on the NFT craze and sh- shield them out. But yeah, and someone's, someone obviously has. Someone has put cyanide and happiness NFTs out there and they're just clarifying it to go, look, if you've got one and you bought one of the cyanide and happiness NFTs, it ain't us. Um, so you well, got scammed, where is it, where is it, where is it also long. <laughs> it's on um, some website called Next Drop. It did used to have a page on... Um, What's it called? OpenSea, but they've removed it. So they obviously see in the tweet. Oh, but yeah. um, next drop have not. And this one has come up for a bargain of 0.044F. And there's only 1,111 items available. <laughs> 0.04F. Yeah, the prices are dropping out because all the other ones which I'm seeing listed are like 0.1. So, yeah, it looks like this, yeah. the NFT market is dying finally. Jesus, do you know how much that, that's? £1,500. Yeah. 0.04. Yeah, 0.04. Yeah. What for ETH? I thought ETH was about one grand at the moment. Um, oh, no. So oh, for, oh, sorry. No, 68. £68. Yeah, so yeah, I th- yeah, oh, yeah, I'm oh, sorry. The price of ETH is 1500, 0.04 is 68 quid. Yeah, yeah 68 just quid. Having... An NFT that is just a picture of a comic that is not affiliated with the actual creators. I just had a quick look on OpenSea for general ones, and there's one called Goblin Town, and they look like top bids are 3.2 ETH on, on these quite consistently. So People are still spending money on them, but not the ridiculous amounts which you saw during the, the peak. Yeah. yeah, but but fair play. I must admit, I I really respect people like this that have not cashed in and they're just laughing at NFTs and how ridiculous they are. These are genuine artists. They have genuine like creativity. They've been sh- pumping out comics every day for years and like decades. Yeah, and um, for them just to like five, like, yeah. Just to put two fingers up at the NFT market and just laugh at it and go, you fucking morons. I, I love people like this. They're not, they are proper balls. That they, they, they know who they are. They know it's bollocks. They, they could have done a cash grab. They, these guys could have made millions out of doing NFTs out of their comics because these guys are morons. They would have bought them. But they've just gone, nah, it's bollocks. We're not doing that. We're going to be legit. We respect the audience. Yeah. We're going to make them laugh. We're not going to sell them stupid JPEGs of our own comics. Like, our comics are here to be laughed at. And uh, so just they're there. Like you don't have to buy an NFT version of it. It's bollocks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as it says, uh, you know, this is a great way to handle the situation and protect your fans. We hope to see more artists publicly state they are doing NFTs. There you go. We need more people like this. There's, we've seen so many brands, you know, we've seen 
football clubs, pop stars, everyone, everyone that comes that gets proposition to go, look, here's a couple of million quid, do an NFT sale. And in reality, all they're doing is cashing in, is scamming their followers and their fans. Yeah. And these guys have gone, no. It's, it's nice to see people that just say no occasionally and just call yeah. it out for what it is, which is just a cash grab. They're literally just trying to cash in on their fans. And these guys are gone, no, no we, we respect our fans. We'll, we'll sell the merch and we'll, we'll do all that. But they get merch for that. Now, if you buy a cup or a T-shirt from us, you get a fucking T-shirt and you pay $15 for it or whatever. Don't buy an NFT for £68 from some random guy. It's not us. It's And don't buy those JPEGs. Just don't buy them. <laughs> cool. And, uh, and finally, um, Drake is still shillingstick.com. <laughs> and uh, on a lucky spin, you could say. Uh, was it luck or was it planned? Who knows? Um, but he won 616 Bitcoin in one spin and gave away 35 Bitcoin at the time, then lost the rest gambling. As we say in the video, uh, pure craziness. Now, I watched the video. It's worthwhile uh, watching it. As you, um, as you know, all the show notes are linked. So take a look. 30 seconds of uh, him placing a bet on a roulette wheel and Drake's lucky number is 11. Puts it on, lo and behold, it comes in. It gives away a million dollars worth of Bitcoin to fans watching and then gambles the rest away. <laughs> like, <laughs> this guy's different now i looked at uh drake's net worth right so uh his net worth if i remember correctly in uh it was in forbes they were saying based uh, on on his age of 35 216 million so it's you know it's, it's quite a lot in terms of uh percentage wise of you know, 20 million to it's just under what 10 percent that he won in an spin. But he's sponsored, isn't he? This isn't even his money. This is just um, let's do an advert. How much is it gonna cost? I know you give me 500 grand of free money, I'll bet it and we'll just film it. Well, great publicity. This is interesting because of the job that we do. I know that Stake didn't know that Jake was a player until um the super bowl oh. so when he uh when he did the gamble then they were like oh my gosh we need to kyc drake <laughs> uh, so uh so they did it lo and behold he checked out um but i do think that there may now be some collaboration between them because this is the first time together because in the past he's been at his house and just going on live uh but now i think you're absolutely right there could be some sort of yeah we'll do this and you do that and uh naturally we'll get more we'll get more players if if drake is uh is is better mistake officially yeah when, again when you go on the comments there's a lot of skeptical people that think hold on yeah. They let him win basically 20 million. And then he gave out a million, but they reckon it was to fake accounts that yeah. didn't get the money anyway. 
and then he then proceeded to lose 19 million back so then basically basically just went that was what he was told to do kind of because he, he he put all his money on number 11 he surrounded the number 11 in the video didn't he yeah. he put a load of money on number 11 and then surrounded it spanned the wheel and he bet a million dollars just on that and then it landed right on number 11 won 20 million off the back of it and um it's just a bit like that would have been a very short stream wouldn't it with drake on it yes mm. They gave him a million dollars and he just smashed it on number 11 pretty quick. And it, because it came in, he then took ages to then lose it. He had like peaks and troughs, but he never had a big win again. Yeah. It was just down only from there. So there's a lot of people going, was that a real win? Was the giveaway real? And then he lost it yeah. all back to the house. Essentially was the entire thing. Drake just got paid to be there. Got given some fake money. It was fake spins fake giveaways maybe the whole thing's fake but um yeah. but who knows he's but he's there's a lot of bitcoin and i like the fact you're denominated in bitcoin and uh but drake seems to be very deep in the bitcoin streets like, the thing is like who knows what his net worth really is because i think it, people's net worth tends to be denominated in kind of like what their official earnings are but if yes. he's then put those earnings into things like bitcoin he could have easily a 10x that easily so who knows how much he's actually got because he seemed pretty excited when he won 20 million but not yeah, that excited it, yeah the, the <laughs> excitement for me i know he used to be an actor but that looked real yeah yeah it, it looked real to me they lost it all though yeah i'm like so if you're that excited why do you just sit there and just lose it all yeah just cash out right you, yeah. they gave you that three yeah. million just at least cash out a couple of milk. I, I'd have walked away at five at least. Mm. But he just carried on just pressing spin and just lost every single. <laughs> Seems a bit sus, but. Uh... Uh, Dr. Evil 10% is not impressed whatsoever on that one. It's just, <laughs> it's just the opposite of what Bitcoin stands for and the time preference. I just kind of go. I know he's got lots of money, but say if he's got 200 million, he bets a million. You kind of go, yeah, just kind of go, it's just waste. If it's a bit of sport, he doesn't care. Why not just 10 grand? You know, 10 grand's a sizable amount to everyone else. For Drake, yeah. it would just be like pocket change. That's, that's yeah, why it's not a bet, isn't it? That's why. Yeah. If, you, if, you, if you're a gambling person and you want to get the blood going, it has to be meaningful. Yeah. So it's why everyone that bets is why I don't gamble anymore. When I when I was poor, I used to gamble a bit. But once the stakes got higher, I realized putting 10, 20 pounds on something, I don't even care. So I've got to raise the stakes. And I've gone, no, that's silly. I'm not gonna be betting that type of money on random events that I don't control the outcome for. So I stopped gambling. Whereas even... if you if you carry it on and it's seemingly Drake has, you end up betting millions just to get the blood going because it doesn't matter if you win or lose if it's not that high. It's would interesting the, you say that. Would there be a betting company which would take your stakes now? I mean, being a <laughs> trillion dollar man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I bet 400 million. We went to races and literally my bets were tops of a fiver. Or maybe I did, you know, each way. So I think I bet 
probably about 50 quid in total. I was up by the end of the day, but literally that was it. That was my budget. I kind of went, I don't want to spend more. People were like, why are you putting such small bets on? I was just like, I don't want to win money. This is just a bit of fun. You know, this yeah. isn't, I think lots of people go, oh, if you bet like this, you could get like 1400 or back at something like that. But I'm like, I'm not looking at this as an income. I'm looking as a bit of enjoyment just to go, can I win some money? I was up by 20 pounds for the end of the day. So it's not, you know, breaking, but it's a bit of fun. I took, I took a lot of joy from that day in not betting at all. None at all. Zero, my friend. I that did virtual so, bets. That's some and good I time. Virtually preference. said I would uh, if if I, I said I, if I was a gambling man in this race, I'd go for this horse, and I lost. Uh, I think <laughs> yeah. I got one out of five of the races. So and, I bet uh, on I bet on two, was which was the favourite, and then local jockeys. So check, um, like the courses the other way round. Yeah, it's anti-clockwise, yeah. So apparently local jockeys have an advantage and also because of something else, it's the um, so many stalls. So yeah. um, it was yeah, basically bet on my favourite and bet a local who's within those stalls. And so that's what yeah. I bet on. I was, like I said, £20 up. It wasn't breaking, but I was just like, it's a bit of, bit of sport, a bit of fun. Um, but I know people are betting a lot of money. Yeah. But yeah, my late time preference is is uh, very disciplined, and so yeah, all day, and I, I came away extremely happy. I thought I'm not spending anything, so I might as well have a bit of a budget. Yeah, but I was tight. Um, do you know anyone who lost a lot of money? No, they wouldn't say. No one. Yeah, the only people I know apparently they won a lot. Yeah, exactly. So only the winners that shout, right? Yeah. And it can always guarantee you the winners are they're degenerate gamblers. They're, they'll be thousands down yeah. the weekend before. And they they yeah. won five hundred quid today, but they're not, they're not up. They're always down. <coughs> yeah. Well, well, the real winners are those that came to the end of this show and pod fifty-seven because this has been business back to normal, right? We have had Mr. All-In, a.k.a. the Trillion Dollar Man. We've had Dr. Evil 10%, a.k.a. the People's Champ. Myself, Sir Neverlook, a.k.a. the Excellence of Execution. And she was here, but she was never here. This is no show. And that's how you close the show. <laughs>